Hello, my name is Persia, and this is Eleven Again. Recently, I've been asking my friends about the things that they were obsessed with when they were kids. You know, what they could not stop reading, or watching, or talking about, or listening to, or playing with. It could be anything. When they tell me, we talk about it a little bit, and then we both go back and re-experience it, and then we talk about it again. Before we get started, I wanted to thank, of course, everyone listening. I really, really appreciate people tuning in and also getting back to me about the stuff they liked about the episodes, which they do through Twitter or Instagram or uh, the Discord. Um, this show is part of a network called the Worst Garbage Dot Online, and the network has a Discord, so you can join the Discord. And there's a whole bunch of people on there talking about this show and some other shows like Into the Aether. So you can like get involved with the community there, or you can just always reach out to me directly on Twitter or wherever. And finally, of course, if you like the show, please share it and send it to someone else who you think would also like it. So today I'm talking to my friend Caleb, who I met when he moved to New York City, actually a couple years ago now, and is also really good friends and roommates with someone I went to high school with. Kind of a small world situation. And he was actually one of the first people I asked to help me with the show because he does a lot of side projects and he was very supportive of me starting my own side projects. That, however, was in May. So the first part of this episode we recorded, I believe, like May 5th. And the second part we recorded this week. So you're really getting the breath of the show here. And I don't know if you guys will be able to tell, but I'm definitely a little bit shyer in the first part. I haven't gotten into the swing of things yet, I think. Anyway, the thing he wanted to talk about is this TV show called Moonlighting, which is from the 80s, and I didn't really know anything about it, but I think it was fairly popular when it was out, and I think it was popular mostly because it was like Bruce Willis's big debut. It was like the thing that put him into the spotlight. And after this TV show came out, he turned into a big star. Weirdly, it's not available on like any streaming services, but we actually found a couple of episodes on YouTube if you guys want to look for it there. And I think it's a great show to act as sort of like a launch pad to talk about sitcoms in general. It was the first TV show or any form of entertainment that made me like obsessed with trying to understand a joke because of how hard it made me laugh and at uh, such a high rate it made me laugh. Do you have like a specific episode that you remember or like a specific plot line that you could pull out? It's to tell you the truth, like it's been so, here's the thing, like it's one of those things that like I watched with devotion several times when I was like early middle school, but I haven't ever revisited. So it's just like a warm ball of laughter in my memory. There's nothing that seriously stands out other than like the very general plot arc. The only things I've done are listened to the theme song and watched like five minutes of the pilot. Could you give me like a general overview of what the show is, what it's what it's about? Sure. So it's about a the show starts out with an actress, uh, a beautiful Hollywood star who's sort of fallen from stardom. I, I don't know exactly why she's lost her cachet in the industry, but Clearly, she's um, not only lost her ability to make film, possibly, but also lost a good deal of her money. And so at one point when she was at the height of her career, someone like encouraged her to, to diversify her assets into a variety of businesses. And one of the businesses that, they, that she started was a private investigative 
business, you know, a PI. And anyway, someone takes all of her assets from her except for the PI business. And the PI business is run by the one and only Bruce Willis, who has been doing nothing as the head of the PI agency. He just has a nice office and hangs out there and gets his checks because no one's ever checked to see what the PI business does. So now she is no longer the like lofty, aloof starlet who doesn't, who just like lets someone else manage her money. She's on the ground in the office. This is her last asset and she needs to get this place up and running so that she can have a sense of purpose and also a income again. That in itself is like kind of quirky, but she's really beautiful and Bruce Willis is charming and super funny and they have an amazing chemistry. And as they work together, they the 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 sparks start flying. So I, uh, my confusion is just like compounded into layers, but how did you, because you were born, I assume, in like 1994 or whatever, like me, and this show came out in 1985. So how is it that you were watching it in middle school? Well, my parents were kind of early adopters of Netflix because uh, we used to do the thing, you know, the, the, the blockbuster thing on the weekends. They On Friday, we would get three movies, more or less. So we had something to watch Friday night, something to watch Saturday night, and something to watch Sunday. And then Monday, you know, my parents would, my dad on his way to work would drop him back off at wherever this video rental store was. Anyway, I'm sure my dad learns everything from NPR. So (laughs) NPR, NPR did a story on Netflix and the revolutionary idea of sending DVDs in the mail, which seems so silly now. But at the time, that was like, a genius way of getting films to people. So my parents were generally in charge of the, the Netflix queue because back then you had a queue. That was also a thing. So before streaming, it was just a catalog of videos that you clicked on and then you put into your queue. And then those DVDs were sent to your home because DVDs are so light. And so, you know, as a kid, you're obsessed with, like for me anyway, I was so super excited to come home on a Thursday or Friday to open the mailbox to see what DVD was there. And in general, you know, as I got older, I definitely had more say over what we got. But my parents were constantly looking for content to feed us, to keep us occupied. So um, I, I, we, we went through a lot of old TV shows, but I don't know if you've ever seen Mork and Mindy. That's what I made... I at least um, know of Mork and Mindy. Okay, so that's like what made Robin Williams a star. We watched right. all of that. And then we moved on to, well, my parents really wanted to give us like um, like a foundation of wholesome entertainment all through Netflix DVDs. What 25-year-old has seen the entirety of Bonanza? But I have. And in that Rolodex of wholesome TV shows to keep my sister and I occupied was Moonlighting. And Moonlighting although relatively wholesome, was also really, really funny. And I, I remember it like it clicked in my head that like I would like I, I ever since then I've been obsessed with humor. What do you know what age like you guys first started watching it? How old you were? Do you remember? Oh, I was, I was probably 11 or 12. Yeah. 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 So prime middle school. 
And you, so you got it like the first time you, you guys just like started watching it and you watched it like straight through. You finished all the seasons and then you, were you like rented again? Yeah, I think we, it would become like cyclical. Like once a year, I'd be like, all right, mom, dad, like put it back in the queue. I mean, I've, I only did it like two or three times, to be honest. So maybe like for two or three years, that would come back, resurface. So you think you watched like Moonlighting three times from like ages like 11 to 13 or 14 or whatever. Yeah, but also remember that like when I say rewatch, I, so I rewatched them three times, but when I would have the CD, the DVD, I would watch the DVD several times. So I've watched it much more than three times. Oh, I see. You were just get, you've just requested it three times and you would watch the same episodes over and over again? Oh, 100%. Because I, I just wanted to understand how they could like just pack so much so many jokes in such so little time so when was the last time you watched like any of it like an episode or anything do you know probably when i was like 14 or 15 wow well described how do you describe to people like what you do or what you're interested in doing um i i am a i am an aspiring comedy filmmaker so now i'm working on a sketch series um with a variety of different styles of comedy um and i, I think i enjoy that because I, I haven't really settled on like what my or my creative partner's um exact method of comedy is but i i'm just a uh i'm hoping to like continue to just make relevant and like easy to watch comedy, whether it's a full length film, which someday I'd like to make a really not like a, a feature. But in the meantime, I'd love to work on, you know, YouTube sketch series and then a TV series. If all, if like, you know, if that would be like a dream come true for sure. And right now I, I work at a film editing company, um, trying to learn the tricks of the trade until like, until all, all everything works out. Yeah. Did you, did you have a feeling of what you wanted to do at all when you were a kid? Because, like, when I was a kid and people would ask me, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I was obsessed enough with um, comedy and, like, understanding it from a relatively young age that I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry I definitely flirted with other ideas and I didn't study film in college or I didn't study writing even or, um, but I always was drawn to like make, trying to be, trying to make people laugh. Um, and so I, I think like it was something that was always in the back of my head. I just never really realized how to do it. And I'd never really had the tools to do it um, on my own. I just would like watch people, make other people laugh, try to study it and then figure out if I could do it in conversations or actions or with, you know, in, in clubs at school. But um, I'd never thought of taking it seriously um, until, I guess, at my early 20s. I'm really excited for you to go back and watch it. Are, are you, like, worried at all? Or are you, like, I want to treasure this memory <laughs> in its original state? Or are you willing to sort of walk back in there and see what there is to be found? You know, while talking about this, it did hit me like if this is a really dumb show and when I watch it like with you, like if you watch it, like it's going to be very revealing. 
Yeah, no, I'm confident that it will it will stand up to the test of time. You may not know this woman's name, but chances are you've seen her face. I will bet the house that you were a Miss March. A Miss what? She's dated the world's most eligible man. I'm willing to wager, and we're talking considerable money here, that the guy wears bikini underwear. So how did she get stuck with a guy like this? You and me, kid. It's a romantic comedy. Really looking forward to working with you, kid. Moonlighting, premiering Sunday, March 3rd. The promotion is finally over. Moonlighting premieres next. How much did you watch? I watched the first uh, three episodes like a month ago, and then today I just watched the first episode again. The pilot? The pilot, yeah. The pilot is a whole movie. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of long. It was longer than I remembered. I really felt like I watched the pilot and I was like done with the pilot. And then I was like, I think I get it. Like, I'm not sure I need to watch anything else. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) It had a big, you know, beginning, middle, end. All the elements were there. And it was like a great month for a movie, an hour and a half. Yeah. But the other thing to remember, though, is that television shows used to have that format, too. It was like you'd sit down And I think that was like, I mean, a lot of TV shows that I remember, especially cop dramas, they would have like something in the beginning that would like tease you into like discovering, needing to just like figure out a mystery. And then the middle would just be like a combination of getting more excited about something, just like build up, build up. And then bam, at the end, there's like the reveal. And then there's like resolution that almost makes it seem as if like the show doesn't need to go on. While today's TV shows are like made for binging so that you like want to watch like 15 at once and then you like they're much better at creating like little plots along the way oh you're totally right i didn't even think about that um they gave me yeah they made me like very satisfied at the end and i was like okay great thank you (laughs) walk away from it yeah you could turn it off and walk away yeah (laughs) it's funny i wanted to say pull back the curtain a little bit i think I mean, by far, you are the person who's had the longest time in between the recording of the intro and the recording of this part. Yeah. But I also think you were one of the very first people I talked to, like, when I was making this podcast. Yeah, I've gone through puberty, so people might not recognize my voice. (laughs) Your balls have dropped, your voice is deepened. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things have changed. Yeah. But it's still funny. The, the show is still funny. Did you like it? I didn't like it as much as I remembered, to be totally honest. Also, I think that uh, the show was like the version that I watched, and I've looked for several versions, and they all have this problem. It looked like the entire thing was fast-forwarded. Did you notice that? No, you mentioned that to me, and I'm wondering if you're just sensitive because you remember the way you originally watched them. Maybe. I don't know why I was so certain of this, but I just had this like nagging feeling the entire time that I was like, there's no way people speak this quickly. And then I would just like notice like little things of like how quickly they reacted to things. And I was like, this, it made me think that, or want to investigate whether or not television was like, it was like a trick to make the viewer get more excited or more impressed by the actor. It was just like fast forwarding a little bit, but who knows? Maybe it was just me. I think the vibe of the show though, is that it's supposed to be like, witty back and forth real really quickly so yeah i don't know if they like forced that in post or whatever i don't know how they like fast forward tv um in the 80s but um but i think i was reading a but thing it's on also. cocaine yeah <laughs> it's very much the 80s it's the 80s yeah 
<laughs> I did see a thing that um, the actual process of recording the episodes took a really long time. Um, Interesting. The like main the like main script writer was like a perfectionist, and they would just like it was just like super long hours to actually make the show. Which I they were just talking a lot a mm. lot about the background between like the stars and like their their unhappiness with the show. And one of the reasons was that it just like took forever to tape. No kidding. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, if there's one thing that stands out, it is the script, and I I love the wit and how quick they go back and forth and you know it's very intelligent that's like one of the my takeaways from it and so as much as i say it wasn't as funny maybe it's like i still think it was very funny and i definitely looked up to it like even now i'm watching i'm like man i wish i wrote this wittily especially what was that yale joke that he has when they, they first meet each other in the restaurant I understand. You're having financial difficulties, but that is no reason to close us oh, down. Oh, no? Do you have any idea how much money you lost last year? That's because we were supposed to lose money. It was our job to lose money, and we lost money great. Now you turn around and say make money, we're going to make money this great. This is a ridiculous conversation. I happen to be a terrific detective. There's nothing in your work record to indicate Excuse that. Excuse me, I have extraordinary credentials and a tremendous depth of experience. Let's talk about Yale. Let's talk about Princeton. What about Yale and Princeton? Couple of great schools. Let's talk about government training. Let's talk about Vietnam. You were in Vietnam. I could have been. I came very close. Look, all I need is <laughs> Exactly. Just he's constantly mis- he's like a perfect he, he just like embodies like the smooth talking con man in like such a charming way that it, for me it's uh it, it's just he's beguiling. That's the word for it. He just really gets me. So, and I love seeing Bruce Willis with a full head of hair, so <laughs> His character is amazing. (laughs) He's completely the linchpin of the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, his character, actually, one of the lines that stuck with me for some reason is I think because I always say the plot thickens and they get to a point in the case where they like learn new information and he says, oh, the plot thinnens. (laughs) I don't know why I was like, I can't believe I've never heard that before. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's just witty. A lot of it is witty puns and then him getting away with it. And then Cheryl Shepard reacting to him, like rolling her eyes at him. I was like, that's so silly. And it's really working for me. It's so silly. Yeah. But yeah, totally. That's I I mean, I agree with you. I don't think the show is like a bucket of laughs. You know, there's like definitely funny parts to it. And some things are shot in like a funny way, even um, there was just like a scene of like the way the ladder looked when he was like, he's running with this like really, really, really long ladder. And there was just like one scene where the ladder just like kind of falls and keeps going. And I was like, that's a funny shot. It was very Looney Tunes. And like you said, like some of the writing is really good and funny. But mostly I think the show succeeds on him and her just bashing heads. Totally. It's a a obsession over or or it is a uh, what do you call it? A celebration of conflict the entire time. Yeah. That she is like serious and excited to like you know pursue this the one thing left that she has and she's like fed up with the fact that the one thing left that she has is this uh schmuck who hasn't worked a day in his life and it's so great he's like the perfect archetype of like the cocky it's not even that he's a genius like he gets away with being half-assed totally which which makes you think that he's actually really smart because like he actually He's like always (laughs) flying by the seat of his pants. Totally. He really makes that archetype work. The bullshitter. Mm -hmm. And like still makes him likable. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's cute. We all like a good bullshitter. It's funny, actually. I wonder, I think Moonlight was pretty popular in its day. 
Mm-hmm. But I have no feeling if it's like on anybody's mind in this day and age, especially because it's not on any streaming services, as far as I can tell. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I assume it's because of some legal issue with like the way it's made. But I did, I was watching Veep. I've been watching Veep. Have you ever seen Veep? Unfortunately not. I hear it's very good. I just started. Um, It's good, but it's also, I personally have a hard time with like the cringe factor. <laughs> like, are you a fan of The Office? Yeah, 100%. I find The Office very difficult to watch. Have I seen The Office? Yes, ah. a lot. But I find The Office very difficult to watch because of the cringe factor. Like, they're just like... It's just too cheesy? No, it's not even the cheesiness. It's just that like... Like you don't like seeing awkward things happen? Uh, like things are going wrong and it's so embarrassing. Yes, it's so awkward and embarrassing and they're ah. always fucking up and like doing dumb shit and like... It really bothers me. Yeah, you really have to embrace it. Yeah. Uh, The point was I was watching Veep and they made a Moonlight reference, a Moonlighting reference. No kidding. And I was like, oh my God, someone else is thinking about this show. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was one guy talking to a coworker and he was like, oh, is this like a Moonlighting thing? We're going to start dating by the end of season three or whatever. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I know what that means. Well, so now, now not only do you know what that means, but I think the... There's like an adage in television that I think Moonlighting shed light on now, which is that the moment you allow the characters which are sexually attracted to each other to be together, no one no one really wants to watch the show anymore. Like half the fun is seeing the build up to the to, to the romantic explosion. Once you break that, a lot of what sells the show disappears. And that that's what happens in like season three. And that's been like a thing throughout like the rest of television. I think the rest of television history, they've either tried to really prolong the relationship being created between characters or they've had to come up with new characters having budding love interests uh, to, to to overshadow or to take the center stage. That happened that that happens at the office, especially with Pam and Jim. Because everyone was like it was so nerve wracking once Pam and Jim got together, like what's what are you excited about? Yeah. What was I thinking? Yeah, I feel like it's the relationship version of jumping the shark. The other one, um uh, speaking I'm watching a lot of TV right now. <laughs> I've been watching Star Trek The New Generation. I don't know if you have like, oh, ever watched Star Trek. Oh, I hear Trek it's very good. Yeah, it's great. And also very very 80s, similarly 80s TV show. The There's like an opposite thing in Star Trek The New Generation, which is like growing the beard, where the show actually wasn't good until one of the characters grows a beard. Really? <laughs> yeah, for some reason. They just like decide that that character has a beard in like the second season and then the show gets good. Another secret ingredient. Wow. Yeah. So don't jump the shark. Don't let your romantic interests get together, but do grow a beard. Fascinating. Okay. No, these are things to write down if I ever write a TV show. Jumping the shark. I'm like, really want to... Oh, it's Happy Days. Jumping the shark. But Okay, I've seen Happy Days. What does jumping the shark have to do with Happy Days? Apparently in an episode, they like literally have... There's like a plot line that involves someone like water skiing and they like jump over a shark. <laughs> And that's like, the that's like, for some reason, the show's gone too far. Like, Happy Days isn't good anymore after the scene where they jumped the shark. It's just like symbolic. Uh, it's just like symbolic of when the show stops being good. Okay. You've seen Happy Days? Yeah, I have. Yeah. It's great. Like, all of it? Yeah, my parents, that was like another one of our Netflix uh, DVD. During the Netflix DVD era, that was another one of them. 
I like tell me all of them. No, <laughs> okay. Happy days, moonlighting, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, you mentioned that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Bonanza. Um, basically, just the Hallmark Channel. I am yeah. The- <laughs> what a weird life you've lived. Yeah, I mean, it was like my parents did recognize that we that I liked television, and they wanted to figure out how to allow me to have, like, to be happy with my demand for watching television without poisoning me with like sex and drugs. But like, what TV shows? would you have even been watching in the 90s or in the early 2000s that would have been like poisoning your mind that is a great question i should ask them (laughs) but they were they were convinced that like the modern television world was like not good and it they were like kind of right i don't think of many like what like i guess i would have been watching you know what no seriously like the difference between these shows that i'm mentioning and things like friends or uh seinfeld Although by no means would I consider them inappropriate or have bad at having like uh, misaligned morals, they uh, absolutely have references to sexual experiences and drugs, right? Like, I guess my parents had like a, a, they flirted with the idea of like raising like a perfect Christian child, like every Christian parent (laughs) does. They have this idea that maybe they can do it. They'll be the parents that raise the priests. And I think they, they hoped that that would be them. Oh, my God. I Because I grew up on Seinfeld, mostly, in terms of, like, sitcom mm. that I watched with my parents. It was mostly Seinfeld. Um, and then just, like, other stuff that was on the TV. We watched a lot of, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, a little bit of The Cosby Show. Oh, yeah, I watched The Co- Cosby Show's another one. That's, like, all that comes to mind, really, that I watched in terms of, like, real people sitcoms. You know, I was watching a lot of like Cartoon Network and shit. Yeah, my parents didn't like Cartoon Network. I, it's so weird. I don't know why. They just thought it was, maybe they just <laughs> thought it was dumb. And a lot of it, maybe a lot of it was good. I, I, I've never had that Cartoon Network experience. I, like people make SpongeBob references all the time and I can't make them. I can't, I don't know them. I don't, Nickelode- <laughs> don't know Nickelodeon, but I, I do know these TV shows from my parents' childhood. Yeah. Was there anything that you, we're noticing about moonlighting as like a person who shoots, acts, edits, film. I mean, the whole like '80s vibe of the chase scene in the beginning, uh, <laughs> and like the the murder in the elevator uh, is pretty interesting. We you'd never you'd never edit a murder that way today. I don't think it, it like was almost anticlimactic. You know, like it was too. It wasn't surprising that he was dead. Did you feel that way? Like, it wasn't that scary. It was cheesy. Yeah. It was a little cheesy. And I, I think back in the day, that wasn't cheesy. I think that's how we perceive it now. I think then those sounds still felt fresh. Oh, your issue is with the sound design. Yeah, I guess I, my issue is with the sound design. It, like, felt so cheesy. And today, we, like, that would just... It would, today, if a TV show did that for, like, a serious murder scene, which they do that all the time in comedic cop shows, they would, like, make an effort to make it sound as realistic as possible so that it, you wouldn't be taken out of it. I don't know. I used to watch NCIS. It felt like... Oh, really? A little bit. Is that... That seems like you getting outside of the umbrella of the Christian boyhood. Yes, yes. By the time I was late late high school, we started getting NCIS episodes. That was another one. Like, by the end uh, that we watched together as a family, I think. that um, Or Psych. Or, do you remember Psych? Yes. In between the lines, there's a lot of obscurity. 
I'm not inclined to resign. Psych is good. Psych was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit it. I love it. <laughs> is it an embarrassing thing to like Psych? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a like very goofy such show. Such a goofy show. Yeah, exactly. But I liked it. I actually didn't watch it when it was popular. I watched it like a couple years ago, just out of curiosity. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Talk about like kind of like an asshole genius leading man. Yeah, yeah. It, who bullshits his way to success every time. Yeah. Oh yeah. We love that man. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think if anything else really caught my uh, caught my attention. I mean, we haven't talked about the beautiful uh, what's her name, Sybil Shepherd. She is just so elegant, and you know, as a as a man watching her, it's you know, I'm just glued to the screen. Like 30 <laughs> years later, the beauty standard has changed a lot, but she's still stunning. You know, so th- she's fun to watch. Absolutely. She is fun to watch. And I think it's funny that you say the beauty standards have changed because obviously they have. And I think about this actually a lot. She very much looks like she fits in that era, mid 80s, 90s. Like she kind of looks like a supermodel, but she doesn't look like someone who would be a supermodel today. Hmm. And I don't know if it's just the hair and the clothes or if it's like literally, like you say, beauty standards have changed in just like the shape of her jaw or like the way she looks is just like not in anymore. Like, she would still be a beautiful woman. Yes. Uh-huh. But I don't think she would be, like, it girl, if that makes sense. True. I, I think I, in some ways, today, a lot of the supermodels that I see have some sort of, and I, this is a good thing, something, for lack of a better word, exotic about them. And she's sort of like an English queen or something, opposed to, like, an Amazonian warrior. Yeah. She is, like, the, I mean, definitely toxic idea of, like, the all-American girl. I think to a certain extent, which obviously is very like white, blonde, I don't know, from the suburbs. Do you remember in the end, like when they actually get together? Like, do you remember that from when you were a kid? Oh, jeez. I, I mean, I remember it happening. I don't remember the exact moment. I don't remember like the sparks finally flying or the fireworks in the background, if okay. there were any. No. Because they're, I like, in, especially in the pilot, like I liked their little like, will they, won't they? Especially when she's like, there's that moment when they're sort of like settled down for the day, the events of the day have happened. And he's like, okay, good night. I'll talk to you later. And she's like, oh. He's like, what? What's up? She's like, you didn't invite me back to your place. And like, that really worked for me, actually. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, it was, it's cat and mouse, man. It's, cause that's what's so good about it. At one point, you think like, man, this guy would be so lucky. This bullshit artist who's like doing nothing with his life would be so lucky to be with this super ex supermodel then other times he like does something that's like kind of charming and funny and almost genius and you're like wow maybe she's the one to be lucky with him and then they just like play back and forth you don't know who's the one who has the upper hand yeah i think it works but yeah i guess i was just wondering like does it really is it really satisfying when they get together? I like maybe I should just find the episode and watch that single episode where they get together. Cause like, do you watch um, New Girl? Uh, I did. I, I did watch New Girl. You're talking about Nick and uh, what? What's her name? Jess. Jess. Thank you. When when Nick and Jess finally kiss, that is a great culmination of their will they won't they. Correct. Like one of the best I think in a TV show. I'm with you there. Yeah, that felt that felt really good. <laughs> There's everyone was rooting for them the whole time. 
Yeah. And like, just even like the way he grabs her, it's, oh, it's great. You know, absolutely. Nick, Nick is not the, the suavest man, but he, because he gets sexy real fast right there. Oh yeah. Wow. Sorry. I'm getting heated just thinking about it. <laughs> I just like, I hope, I, I hope only a fraction of that greatness for Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis, you know, I wish them the best. I, I think they do. I mean, they're both so, like, they're both also like gym. I mean, Bruce Willis is a gymnast. Like, just watching them half the fun. Half the fun for me watching this is like seeing their blocking. And when I say that, it's like where they how they move in between takes and like turn their shoulders and stuff. Like, they're so um, they're so live. Wow. Um. Anyway, what a shame that like this show isn't like readily available. I know. I'd like to watch it again on a like HD version because it must be out there. And uh, on eBay, you can buy the first season on DVD, but it's like ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I saw that. There are like box sets available, but this thing, this show is just like not easy to find. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, I haven't seen many other Bruce, like I've seen a few other Bruce Willis movies, but I was never, this is the reason I'm a Bruce Willis fan. I, I, I've liked Die Hard, but I wouldn't say like, man, I love Bruce Willis because of Die Hard. I, but to me, like, I love Bruce Willis because of Moonlighting. Yeah. I think it's a great showcase for him. Yeah. Sad he didn't do more TV. Me too. He, um, I guess the other... Okay, I, I admit that the other thing that makes me love Bruce Willis is um, the one where the he's the ghost. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, Sixth Sense? Yes, 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 yes. Sixth Sense. I forgot until right now that he was in Sixth Sense. Oh uh, yeah, a very different character than in Moonlighting. Also, like way to lead with the spoiler <laughs> the, of the movie. But the spoiler <laughs> is the movie, you know. You know that movie where <laughs> it turns out at the end that the twist is he's the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm assuming your listeners have seen the Sixth Sense. Uh, hopefully, I didn't see it for a while, but I think I was spoiled before i saw it anyway yeah all right well thanks for being on the podcast (laughs) do you actually you do have stuff you're working on do you want to like point people to any places oh um yeah if if you've found any of this interesting and you like hearing my voice you can go to sludge rudder on instagram that's the sketch comedy channel that my roommate and creative partner uh, make together. Persia went to high school with my creative partner. That's why we're friends. Um, well, that's not why we're friends. We're friends because we have similar interests and uh, and uh, we get along. And then Nick just happens to be there. I think we're friends, right. I think we're friends despite, despite Nick. Nick. Exactly. Possibly to spite Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Working on it. Um, yeah, so check out Sledge Rudder on Instagram and uh, let me know if you think I'm funny or if I'm wasting away the all the potential that my parents ho- expected from me. <laughs> I'm going to direct them solely to the uh, one that I'm in. Oh, and most importantly, Persia is a, a wonderful actress in our third episode of Slut Rudder. Yeah. So please check that out. The Sybil Shepherd of our generation. Oh, yes. The, the If I may, the more exotic Sybil <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> You may not. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Now we're gonna have to bleep something from the show. Shit. Nothing could change you.
Online.